you've been in the series for the last number of weeks, talking about some of the great worship songs that we do here in church. And today, we're going to look at a song from 2017 that I love as well, Reckless Love. Reckless Love. Reckless Love is a great song. I love that song. And I'm not even going to attempt today to go through all the different words that's in Reckless Love because it is so packed full of things that God is to us and God does for us and, and who God is to us. So we're not even going to look at it today verse by verse or word by word. Instead, I want us to look at the theme of the song. And, and that is the extent that God has love for us. So much so that the writer was inspired to say, God's love for us is reckless. Now listen, when this song came out first, it was surrounded by controversy because people were saying that you cannot say that God is reckless in any way, that that's wrong to say that God is reckless in any way, and we're going to look at that in a minute. This caused so many churches to substitute the word they're reckless for relentless. In actual fact, the Spanish version of the song is actually called Relentless Love. But more churches, uh, they substituted out that word or they didn't sing it at all, which is a great pity because the song is packed full of why God loves us. Amen? But as usual, if you find someone that's very quick to criticize churches or criticize leaders of churches on some words that they may have used or or some things that they may have expressed in the past, I find in 100% of cases, they are so quick to criticize, but not quick to understand the heart of where this, in this case, where this uh, writer said that God's love for us is reckless. The author of the song, Corey Ashbury, and I'm going to read a little bit of stuff here off my notes this morning, so forgive me. He said, when asked, to explain why he said that God, God could be reckless in any way, he said, when I use the phrase reckless love of God, when I say it, we're not saying that God himself is reckless. He is not crazy. We are, however, saying that the way that he loves us in many regards is quite so. So basically what he's saying is he's saying God is not crazy, but he's crazy about us, Okay? He goes on and he says, but what I meant to say is God is utterly unconcerned with the consequences of his own actions with regard to his own safety, comfort, and well-being. He doesn't wonder what he'll gain by losing, or, sorry, he doesn't wonder what he'll gain or lose by putting himself on the line. He simply puts himself out there on the off chance that you or I might look back at him and give him love in return. He leaves the 99 and finds the one every time, and that to many practical adults is a foolish concept. Well, what if he loses the 99 of finding the one? Well, what if finding that lost one sheep is always more supremely important? That's what the writer of the song, Corey Ashbury, said in trying to explain why he used the word reckless love. Church, let me get this out there right at the start. God is not reckless in the way that we understand recklessness, okay? You get that? When we normally use the word reckless, what do we use it in concern with? Someone who's thoughtless, 
Someone who has no concern for the consequences of their actions. They were reckless in their behavior. Or what do we use it normally? We normally say he was a reckless, or she, was a reckless driver. Yeah? Anyone ever come across a reckless driver? All the time. I mean, we were driving down from Dublin the other night. And I mean, it was what? Half 12 at night? And we were coming down along the M11 Excuse me. And as we were coming down along, there was a car kept passing us and then passing us and pulling in in front of us and jamming on the brakes. I mean, they were reckless. Eventually, I put my hand up. We broke the law and we broke the speed limit just to get away from them. I mean, they were reckless. They'd pass us, jam on the brakes. And then we'd have to pass them again. Then they'd pass us again and they'd jam on the brakes again. They were reckless. But church, let me tell you this morning, right from the very start, God is not reckless as we count recklessness. Amen? When, when, When it comes to describing God's love for us, I think that it's okay for us to say that God expresses love for us in, for want of a better word, a reckless manner. 1 John 4, 16 says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. The very makeup of God is love. Amen? The very reason that we can love somebody or something is because God is love. God is not love. He is love. Amen? God does not possess love, and He does. He is the very manifestation of love. Amen? God is in His very being love. Which of us here today, if you had somebody that you loved, got in trouble in water, I mean they were drowning, they were struggling, which of us here today wouldn't run straight in and not give a second thought to the consequences, even if you couldn't swim? Which of us here would stand on the shoreline as a loved one struggled in the water and would go to themselves and say, well, I can't swim. If I go in after my child or my wife, I could get in trouble too, and maybe I could drown. Or, do you know what? These are new shoes. I don't want to get them wet. I got my hair done yesterday. I didn't. This is all with inverted commas, okay? This is not me. And I don't want to ruin my hair. Which of us would do that? None of us, because in the length of time that we would work out whether we should do it or not, they'd be already drowned. Every one of us, if a loved one of ours got into trouble in the water, regardless of whether you could swim or not, or regardless of your chances of success or not, would just run straight in there to drag him out or whatever. Why would you do that? Because you love him. Is that a reckless act to do it? Yes, but you do it out of love. Amen? Amen? We would, every one of us, do it. Love would cause someone to run into a burning building if a loved one was still in there. You wouldn't weigh up the cost. You wouldn't even think to yourself, what if? You wouldn't. You'd be just gone. Every one of us. Amen? Love can be described as reckless. Because love causes you to do things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. 
I mean, every one of us, probably the greatest thing that we have in our lives is self-preservation. Every action that we do, probably during the day, always leads to self-preservation. Amen? When we were driving down the motorway the other night, we, we put the foot down out of self-preservation. Amen? To protect ourselves. Everything that we do, we do to protect ourselves. You sit in the car, you put a safety belt on to protect yourself. Amen? You don't jump out of a plane without a parachute because that would be stupid. Amen? And none of us will do something stupid. Everything that we do is, is self-preservation because none of us want to get hurt. None of us want to die. Amen? But when it comes to love, love is strange, isn't it? Love causes you to do things that you ordinarily would not do. Slow dance for a man. Men don't like to dance. Women, sorry, I may as well tell you that. We don't like to dance. I hope. But if you love someone, you will dance with them. Amen? Even me. I hate dancing. But love will cause you to serenade your beloved. It will cause you to do things, I mean, to tell you that in your normal mind you would not do. And love will cause you to run into a burning building if your loved one was in danger. Love will cause you to jump into to, to a raging sea to save your loved one. Because the love that we have causes us to do things that in ordinary times we would not do. You could say it's reckless love. The reason the author uses the word reckless love in the song is not to say that God is reckless, but he uses it because we have a limited amount of words that we can use. And sometimes to describe certain situations, we are often not totally Oxford English Dictionary words. Does that make sense? Probably doesn't, but anyway, I didn't look at the dictionary. Sometimes to describe stuff, we don't use words out of the dictionary because we just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't actually fit the circumstance or the situation. You know what I'm saying? We're not grammatically correct. And when it comes to love, I think not one of us is properly able to express how much we love someone in proper English words. Amen? We sometimes, we struggle. We struggle to use or find a proper word to describe a circumstance or a situation. And when it comes to love, I think every one of us struggles to find that perfect word to describe a circumstance or a situation. I mean, you only just watch. Watch a sports man or woman after they win in a medal or win in a game, and the interviewer will walk out there and will put a microphone underneath their chin and ask them, how do they feel? And most of the time, they're like, oh, you know, I, I, great, fantastic, brilliant, amazing, this is wonderful. I, I, and they're like, they're, just, they're trying to grab a word from somewhere to describe how they feel, and they just can't do it because they're so overcome. And when you get overcome by, by, by something, it's very hard for us to find a word to be able to describe it. Again, someone cuts you off in traffic, and you struggle to find a word, don't you? Oftentimes, we find a word that we probably shouldn't use or wouldn't use in church. Amen? To describe that person who just cut you off in traffic. But we struggle to find words. And I think when the author of the song here was writing this song, Reckless Love, 
I think he just could not find another word that he thought was on the edge enough to describe God's love for us. Because he could have just said, God's love is the amazing love of God, or the fantastic love of God, or the, 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 the see, I can't even think of any more words. He was trying to find a word to describe God's love that was so on the edge that we would get it. And I think maybe because of all the criticism, I think he was right. Amen? I think he got it right. I think if he'd have just called it the amazing love of God, people would have sang it for six months or a year, and we'd all loved it, and we'd have all forgotten about it. But I think he's trying, to, he's trying to get it into our heads how much God loves us. And I think to use a word reckless there has got us all stuck in our heads that, that God loves us so much. That's bordering on recklessness. Amen? I mean, God is not reckless, but the love that he has for us could be described as being a reckless love. Amen? God is never reckless in human terms, or as we will be reckless. But for want of a better word, God's love for us is reckless. Amen? God's love is so huge that we do not possess the word to describe or accurately express how amazing and fantastic his love is. Luke chapter 15 and verse 1. And it says, Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Isn't it amazing that, that if we don't understand why somebody does something or says something or uses a certain word, that our first reaction is always to complain. The religious people of the day, when they saw Jesus entertaining sinners, their first reaction was, what's he at? Why is he entertaining sinners? That shouldn't have been their first reaction, amen? Should have been like, okay, why is he entertaining? Why is he talking with these people? Amen? So Jesus spoke this parable to them saying, what man of you, having 100 sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and goes after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. He leaves the 99. I mean, if any of you had 100 sheep and one of those sheep went astray... Most likely, you just let it go. You'd say to yourselves, listen, if I was to go off and leave these other 99 sheep that I have just to go search for the one that's gone astray, people would say, I'm, I'm stupid, I'm reckless. I, I'm, I'm running the risk of losing the rest of my sheep. That's reckless behavior. Amen? Most people's reaction will be to protect the 99 that they have left and count that one as lost. But that's not today, or never has been the way that our God deals with His sheep, you and me. Amen? God loves His sheep with an everlasting, relentless, reckless kind of love. And He loves us because we are His. We belong to Him, and He knew us before he formed us in our mother's wombs. Song says, before I spoke a word, 
You were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. In 1 John chapter 3, and verse 1, it says there, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The very start of that, it says, See what kind of love God has for us. What kind of love? What kind, is it? What, what kind of love is it? It's a sacrificial love. It's a love that's giving. What kind of love is it? It's a giving love. Amen? That we should be called. We, we, you and me, that we should be called. With all of our faults, with all of our failings, with all of our issues, with all of our problems, with all of our sin. Despite all of that, the kind of love that God showed to us. See what kind of love that was. It was a reckless love. Because the Word of God says that we were deserving of wrath. That's what we were deserving of. But because of the grace of God and the love of God, those people who were deserving of punishment, God gave grace and love to. Amen? See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. We are His children. What kind of love does our God have for us? It's a reckless love, isn't it? It's the kind of love that that, that God left the safety of His home in heaven and came to earth to be born into a poor family, into a stable surrounded by smelly animals and to live His life on this earth surrounded by sin, surrounded by hatred. That's the kind of love that our God has for us. Amen? You know, it's kind of funny that even in our own country today, there's places that our guards will not go. Amen? Only if they really, 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 really have to. There's no go areas. Guards are not welcome there. They will not go there. I'm not saying they're afraid to go there, but I'm saying that they know better not to go there. There is no place that our God would not go to rescue one of his children. Amen? No place that he wouldn't go. He would go anywhere, everywhere to rescue his children. There is no limits that he wouldn't go to rescue one of his lost sheep. Psalms 139 and verse 7, it says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. There's no place that our God wouldn't go to find one of his lost sheep. When I was younger, I used to love playing hide and seek. I was good at it. I was really good at it. I was, um, in my mind, I was a hide-and-seek champion. I used to play with my two sisters, and I mean to tell you, I had the greatest hiding places of all time. 99% of the time, they wouldn't find me. I was so good at hide-and-seek that they probably were getting ready to put out a, a lost boy poster for me because they just couldn't find me. 
I was brilliant at it. I mean, I would suss out places all around our home, all around our garden and all that, places where I knew if I went that there was no way my sisters would come to look for me. I was brilliant at hide-and-seek. But when I found God, I realized that he wasn't hiding in my life. Amen? God wasn't hiding. God's not playing hide-and-seek with people. Amen? He's out there in the open, searching for, looking for. He is going to the, to the worst places on this planet, looking for lost sheep. The darkest places, the most sinful places, the most horrible of places, the places that we wouldn't go, we wouldn't dream of going. But our God is going there, searching for his lost sheep. There's nowhere that the reckless love of our God won't go when he's looking for his lost sheep. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's love, his love for the world, caused him to give his very best. I mean, when God started the rescue mission for his lost sheep, he didn't look around heaven saying, who will I send? Well, I sent Gabriel. Sent him four and a few missions. Well, I sent Michael. Well, I sent some of the other angels. It wasn't even a question. When God started the rescue mission for his lost sheep, he said, I'm going to send my one and only son, Jesus. I'm going to give him the absolute best. I'm not going to give my lost sheep just a hireling. I'm going to give him my son, Jesus. You know, every one of us, we have opportunities throughout the year, be it Christmas or birthdays or Father's Day, to buy gifts for people. And I know every one of us, when we decide to buy a gift for someone, we decide, I'm going to buy them the best gift I can. The best gift I can. And we set out with that task. I'm going to give them a gift. I'm going to do the absolute best I can. Within reason. What was that? Within reason. When we set out to buy someone a gift, we set out a budget, don't we? Whether we say it or not, we will say to ourselves, I'm going to buy him a fantastic gift for 20 euros. See, the thing about it is nobody, nobody ever gives anybody their absolute best. Nobody sells the farm to buy a gift for anybody. Well, we'll do our best within a budget, but nobody will ever just say, hey, listen, whatever they want, whatever it costs, they can have. Because we just don't do that, do we? But when God saw our need, our need of a Savior, I mean, you could say he sold the farm. He said, if that's what it costs, that's what I'm going to give. God didn't withhold from us. Amen? Could that be described as reckless? I suppose for want of a better word, it could be described as reckless. When we're going to buy a gift, we say, I'm not going into debt to buy a gift. When God gives a gift, he gives his absolute best. 
He doesn't even think that maybe I should send someone else. God gives his absolute best every time. John 3.16, in the New Testament for everyone. I love that. Don't you? It's a New Testament for everyone. It's for everyone. But it's a version. It says there in verse 16 of, of the New Testament for everyone, it says, this you see is how much God loves the world. Enough to give his only special son so that everybody who believes in him should not be lost but should share in the life of God's new age. Isn't that amazing? God's love for the world is amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I can't even think of another word to describe it. It's that amazing. It's a reckless demonstration of his love to send his son Jesus to die, to die for us. It's not that we were good when he sent Jesus to die for us. He sent Jesus to die for us before, before we were good. Amen? He said, while we were still sinners. When God sent Jesus to die for us, it, it was like, I'm giving everyone an equal opportunity to accept or reject my son Jesus. Some will accept, some will reject, but I'm sending them for them all. Amen? Because that's how wide our God's love is for us. God didn't just say he loved us. He demonstrated his love for us by giving us, us his son, Jesus. John 3, 16, out of the voice version. I'm giving you three different versions. Isn't that great this morning? Get three different versions of the one scripture. I mean, who needs a concordance when you come to church, amen? It says there in the voice version, it says that God expressed his love for the world in this way. He gave his only son so that whoever believed in him will not face everlasting destruction, but will have everlasting life. The song goes on to say that there is no shadow that you won't light up, no mountain that you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall that you won't kick down, no lie that you won't tear down, coming after me. The verses there always reminds me of mountain rescuers who when people go out and climb mountains that they shouldn't climb and get in difficulty, these mountain rescuers will put on their gear and they'll go out and rescue them. Or it reminds me of the RNLI. They're fantastic people. I mean, the RNLI will get up out of their bed in the middle of a stormy night and go out onto a stormy sea to rescue someone in trouble on sea. Does that sound reckless to you? Yeah, because they're taking their own lives, putting their own lives at risk in order to save someone else's life. We would count that reckless. There's no mountain too high. There's no storm too rough. No person too far gone that Jesus wouldn't rescue. Amen? Because of his great love for this world and for you and for I, this reckless kind of love that he has. One last scripture. We can stand to our feet then this morning. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? Amen?